जय राधा माधव जय कुंज बिहारे जय राधा Madhava Jayakunda Dehari Jaya Gopi Janabala Bajaya Giribadhari Jaya Giribadhari Gopi Janavala Bajaya Girivadhari Jaya Girivadhari Yashurananda Jaya Brajajanaranjana Jaya Brajajanaranjana Yamuna Tiravana Chari Jai Kunja Bihari Yamunati Ravanachari Jai Kunjabihari 
Vishnupad Panamahamsa Pari Rajika Chaya Shota Shota Shishimad His Divine Grace Shilesi Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Shila Prabhupada Ki Jayam Vishnupad Panamahamsa Pari Rajika Chaya Shota Shota Shishimad His Divine Grace Shila Bhaktivedanta Sarasati Go Swami Maharaj Shila Prabhupada Ki Anantakoti Vaishnavinda Ki Namachai Shila Haridas Thakur ki, Shri Chaitanya Charitamrita ki, Gaura Premanande. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to Shishi Guru and Guranga. All glories to Shila Prabhupada. Jaya Jaya Shri Shaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Jaya Shri Shaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Dvita Chanja Jaya Gaur Bhakta Vinda Jaya Dvita Chandra Jaya Gaur Bhakta Vinda Jaya Jaya Shishetanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Jaya Shishetanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Dvaita Chanja Jaya Gaur Bhakta Vinda Jaya Dvaita Chanja Jaya Gaur Bhakta Vinda So we're reading from the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita Madhya Leela chapter 21 beginning with text 144 and we also will read chapter 22 as well portions of it. Kanera bitara basakare apa tahan sada pure anya savna deye pravishete anakatana shunikan anabalita bolayan e krishna ravamshira charite. The vibration of his flute is just like a bird that creates a nest within the ears of the gopis 
and always remains prominent there, not allowing any other sound to enter their ears. Indeed, the gopis cannot hear anything else, nor are they able to concentrate on anything else, not even to given a suitable reply. Such is the effects of the vibrations of Krishna's flute. Purport. The vibration of Krishna's flute is always prominent in the ears of the gopis. Naturally, they cannot hear anything else. Constant remembrance of the holy sound of Krishna, Krishna's flute, keeps them enlightened and enlivened. And they do not allow any other sound to enter their ears. Since their attention is fixed on Krishna's flute, they cannot divert their minds to any other subject. In other words, a devotee devotee who has heard the sound of Krishna's flute forgets to talk or hear of any other subject. This vibration of Krishna's flute is represented by the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. A serious devotee of the Lord who chants and hears this transcendental vibration becomes so accustomed to it that he cannot divert his attention to any subject matter not related to Krishna's beautiful characteristics and paraphernalia. So why is it sometimes when we chant, we chant softer? What are are some of the reasons? We chant and then we start to get really, we chant really soft. So you're chanting Japa, Hare Krishna, and you start chanting really soft. What is one of the common reasons? One of the common reasons when we're chanting, then we go softer so we can hear what our mind is saying. Oh, oh this is whole food, so you got to get the organic this. <laughs> so you chant softer so you can hear the mind. But here it says that Gop, the Krishna's flute was so that they couldn't even think of anything else. They could not even give a suitable reply, meaning their thoughts were. They couldn't even respond. It was just the only thing that was going in their consciousness was the fl- sound of Krishna's flute. Not even a, a uh, response to it. Just the sound. That's it. Nothing else. So sometimes we hear we're chanting softly because we're listening to our brain <laughs> tell us so many things. We chant a little loud. Okay, quiet, quiet, quiet. Punakahe bahe jane anyakahi kaluane Krishna kripa tomaro pare Morachita brahmakari nijayeshwara madhuri Moramukha sunyaye tomari tomare Resuming external, his external consciousness, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told Sanatana Goswami I have not spoken what I intended. Lord Krishna is very merciful to you because by bewildering my mind he has revealed his personal opulence and sweetness. He has caused you to hear all these things from me for your understanding. Purport. 
Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu admitted that he was speaking like a madman, which he should not have done for the understanding of those who were externally situated. We, we spoke about this last week. Statements about Krishna's body, his characteristics, and his flute would appear like a madman's statements to a mundane person. It is actually a fact that Krishna wanted to reveal himself to Sanatana Goswami due to his specific mercy upon him. Somehow or other, Krishna explained himself and his flute to Sanatana Goswami through the mouth of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who appeared as though mad. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu admitted that he wanted to tell Sanatana Goswami something else. But somehow other, or other, in transcendental ecstasy, he spoke of a different subject matter. Amitabola ane kahite anakahi Krishna maduram rita shote yadavahi. Since I've become a madman, I'm saying one thing instead of another. This is because I'm being carried away by the waves of the nectarian ocean of Krishna's transcendental sweetness. Tabe Mahaprabhu Kshaneka Monekari Rahe Mana Eka Puna Sanatana Kahe Sanatana Kahe Shishichini Mahaprabhu then remained silent for a moment. Finally, adjusting things in his mind, he began to, he again spoke to Sanat Goswami. Krishna Madura Ar Prabhura Mukhe if anyone has the opportunity to hear about the sweetness of Krishna in this chapter of Shishishanya Mahaprabhu, he will certainly be eligible to float in the transcendental blissful ocean of love of God. Shri Rupa Raghunathapade Ara Yara Shri Chaitanya Praying at the lotus feet of Sri Rupa and Sri Raghunath and always desiring the mercy, I, Krishnas, narrate the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita following in their footsteps. Now we're continuing on chapter 22. And this is the chapter summary. In the 22nd chapter, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu describes the process of devotional service. In the beginning, it describes the truth about the living entity and the super-excellence of devotional service. Then he describes the uselessness of mental speculation and mystic yoga. In all circumstances, the living entity is recommended to accept the path of devotional service as personally explained by Sri Shichanya Mahaprabhu. The speculative method of the so-called jnanis is considered a waste of time and as proved in this chapter. An intelligent person should abandon the process of karmakanda, jnanakanda, and mystic yoga. He should give up all these useless processes and seriously take to the path of Krishna consciousness. In this way, one's life will be successful. If one takes to Krishna consciousness fully, even though he may sometimes be agitated due to previously practicing mental speculation and yogic mysticism, he will be saved by Lord Krishna himself. The fact is that devotional service is bestowed by the blessings of a pure devotee, 
Samahatma Sudurlabaha. A pure devotee's a pure devotee is the supreme transcendentalist, and one has to receive his mercy for one's dormant Krishna consciousness to be awakened. One has to associate with pure devotees. If one has firm faith in the words of a great soul, pure devotional service will awaken. In this chapter, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu differentiates between pure devotees and others. He also describes the characteristics of a pure devotee. A devotee's most formidable enemy is the association with women in an enjoying spirit. Association with non-devotees is also condemned because it is also in a formidable enemy on the path of devotional service. One has to fully surrender unto the lotus feet of Krishna and give up attraction for women and non-devotees. The six symptoms of fully surrendered souls are also described in this chapter. Devotional service has been divided into two categories, regulative devotional service and spontaneous love. There are 64 items listed in the regulative devotional service, and out of these 64, the last are considered very important. By practicing even one of the nine processes of devotional service, one can become successful. Speculative knowledge in mystic yoga can never help one in devotional service. Pious activity, nonviolence, sense control, <clears throat> and regulation are not separate from devotional service in its pure form. If one engages in devotional service, all good qualities follow. One does not have to cultivate them separately. Spontaneous devotional service arises when one follows a pure devotee who is awakened to spontaneous love of God. Sri Shichanya Mahaprabhu describes the symptoms of the devotees who are already situated in spontaneous love of God. He also describes the devotees who are trying to follow the footsteps of the pure devotees. So verse 1. Vande Shri Krishna Chaitanya Devatam Karunavaram Kalovya Piyade Gudheyam Yena Prakashita I offer my respectful obeisances unto Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He is an ocean of transcendental mercy. And although the subject matter of bhakti yoga is very confidential, he has nonetheless manifested it so nicely, even in this age of Kali, the age of quarrel. Jaya Jaya Shri Shaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jaya Guru Bhakta Vinla all glories to Shri Shaitanya Mahaprabhu, all glories to Nityananda Prabhu, all glories to Advaita Chandra, all glories to all the devotees of Shri Shaitanya Mahaprabhu. Etakalun samana tatvera vichar veda sastre upadeshe krishna ekasar. Shri Shaitanya Mahaprabhu said, I have described one's relationship with Krishna in various ways. This is the subject matter of the Vedas. Krishna is the center of all activities. Now I shall speak about the characteristics of devotional service 
by which one can attain the shelter of Krishna in his loving transcendental service. So here uh, in the first verse, it's glorifying how Sri Shishani Mahaprabhu has made the very confidential subject of bhakti yoga uh, manifested itself very nicely in the Kali Yuga. So it is very guyad, it is very confidential. It is, it is very difficult for the conditioned mind to understand. And so similarly you find Aracharya's and specifically his divine grace, Shilesi Bhaktivedanta Swami, Shri Prabhupada, has presented the philosophy of bhakti, which is the culmination, the Vedanta of the, all the great sacred texts of India. Such an elaborate, such a uh, comprehensive, and such a detailed uh, presentation, he has given in a very understandable way. He has presented it in such a way that the general public can understand. The people of Kali Yuga, people who are addicted to all kinds of sinful activities, would pick, will pick up Srila Prabhupada's books and very uh, surely understand the most confidential subjects that people for hundreds of years can't even understand. So as disciples of disciples of Srila Prabhupada and the disciples of Srila Prabhupada, our duty is to carry on that same kind of endeavor. What does that mean specifically? So one of the things that means is that we should try to present Krishna consciousness in a way that is understandable to people, that is relevant and relatable. Uh, we were speaking with uh, His Holiness Ritabhaja Swami the other day. And oftentimes, as devotees, we speak all kinds of jargon which makes it actually irrelevant. We're speaking in a way that uh, makes what we're speaking not understandable. We should try to avoid uh, leave, leaving... Uh, unanswered questions in our speech. We should make it clear and uh, comprehensive. I, we don't have to over-inform, but what we're speaking should have clarity to it. For example, there are so many things that we say that don't mean anything outside of ISKCON. Not even, they don't mean anything in the, uh, the, the Western community. They don't even any, mean anything in the Indian community. It's our own jargon. So we have to be careful and actually explain things clearly. So, for example, um, I'm sure we can think of many words that people um, outside of ISKCON use different. Like, what is the word mental? What does that mean? Being on the mental platform. That's even an even more confusing statement. So mental platform means we're kind of driven by our speculation and our emotions. Mental, but the word mental in, in the West, people would call that when you're crazy. Oh, he's mental. So mental platform means when you're on the crazy stage. Completely different meaning. It's not the same thing. 
Or we read in the Prabhupada's books, uh, the word lust, uh, kama. And generally, we're gonna, when we, in English, if we hear the word lust, we think it's only something very sensual. Where often kama can just mean desire. You know. So it doesn't get, we have to make sure that the word has clarity to it. Uh, do you have any examples you can think of? No, for uh, jargon. What is iskan jargon that we use that people don't understand? There's so many words and What what are some words that we say that are English words that people don't understand? Maybe yeah. Those are those are pretty clear words. You gonna sit down? So certain things have to be opened up and explained. Karma is, I'm, yeah, people may have an assumption of what karma is, so we we can define it. Even Arjuna is asking, what uh, what does karma mean? And so Krishna answers in chapter eight. Yes, Prabhu. Yes. Okay. What's your question? The question is why I'm That's not a, that's for her to decide, yeah. It is not a mechanical thing that we can uh, demand. We just have to ask. In what sense? Can you make it short and clear? Because is both. So the question was asked: Is Srila Prabhupada here in his murti form, or is he in the spiritual world? And the answer is, he's both. Okay, so we'll continue reading. Can we? We should clarify everything, make it clear. Ayn Prabhupada wrote uh, the books in such a like, and the. Chaitanya Charitamrita in one purport, Srila Prabhupada says, or actually we gave a quote in the Kalachanji Kata. This is a lecture on the Bhagavad Gita, chapter 13. Um, let me see. Kalachanji Kata. So this is uh, chapter 13, text 8 and 12. He says, So Krishna has explained, explicitly explained, Brahma Sutra Padaish Chaiva Hetamad Bhir. 
Hetumadbir Vinishitam. Just listen in. So Hetu means cause. Brahma Sutra is therefore called Nyaya Prashtan with logic and reason. Hetumadbir cause and effect, everything. People like to understand everything on the basis of philosophy and reasoning, everything. Yes, that is required. Any understanding without philosophy, that is sentiment. And philosophy without religious conception is mental speculation. These two things are going on, not combined. All over the world there's so many religious systems, but there's no philosophy Therefore, so-called religious system does not appeal to the modern educated persons. They're giving up religion, either Christian, Muslim, Hindu. Simply, simply formalities, rituals, they do not like. They want to know everything on the basis of philosophy. That is the Bhagavad Gita. So Srila Prabhupada has engaged his transcendental intelligence and how to present uh, Krishna consciousness in a way that is uh, understandable, relatable. Questions at the end. Jai Shri Shri Radha Kalachanji. So Srila Prabhupada has presented all this very, very clearly. But he's also said to devotees that we should explain in our own words. We do repeat the message of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But it's not that we go up to somebody on the street and all we tell them is, Yada, Yada, Hi, Dharmasya. And they're like, what do you just say? Yada, Yada, Hi, Dharmasya. And you just say, what does that mean? And you say, okay, Yada, Yada, Hi, Dharmasya. We have to endeavor to make it understandable to the, to the, to the, whoever our audience is. And so that is our service. Prabhuji, we have to, we can't talk the entire time during the class. I'll give questions at the end. Yeah. Krishna Bhakti Abhideya Sarva Sashtra Koi Aitaeva Munagana Kara Chenishchai a human being's activity should be centered only on devotional service to Lord Krishna. That is the ved- verdict of all Vedic literatures. And all saintly people have confirm- firmly concluded this. Shruti mashta prishta disha bhavata aradha vedhim yatamathurvani smriti apitata bhakti bhagini Puranadya Yeva Sahaja Nivahashtate Anirga Atata Satyam Jatam 
ಮುರಹರನ್ ಭವನ್ ಇವ ಶರಣ ವನ್ ದ ಮದರ್ ವೇರಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಸ್ಟೇಟೆಡ್ ವೇರಸ್ ಅರ್ ಮಿಲಿಯನ್ ಟೈಮ್ಸ್ ಮೋರ್ ಕಂಪ್ಯಾಷನೆಟ್ ದೆನ್ ಅನ್ ಅರ್ಥಿ ಮದರ್ ಅಂಡ್ ವಿ ಫೈನ್ ವೆರಿ ಕಂಪ್ಯಾಷನೆಟ್ ಮದರ್ಸ್ ಇನ್ ದಿಸ್ ವರ್ಲ್ಡ್ ದ ವೇರಸ್ ಅರ್ ಮಿಲಿಯನ್ ಟೈಮ್ಸ್ ಮೋರ್ ಕಂಪ್ಯಾಷನೆಟ್ ವನ್ ದ ಮದರ್ ವೇರಸ್ Shruti is questioned as to whom to worship. She says that you are the only Lord and worshipable object. Similarly, the corollaries of the Shruti Shastras and the Smriti Shastras give the same instructions, just like sisters. The Puranas, which are like brothers, follow in the footsteps of their mother, O enemy of the demon Mora, the conclusion is that you are the only shelter. And now I have understood this truth. And so, usually this word name Mora is used in connection to spiritual wisdom. Because Krishna is the killer of Mora, which is the killer of doubts or ignorance. Purport. This is a quotation from Vedic literature spoken by to the Lord by the great sages. Advaya jnana tattva krishna svayam bhagavan Svarupa shakti rupa tanrahaya avashtan Krishna is the non-dual absolute truth, the supreme personality of Godhead. He, although he is one, he maintains different personal expansions and energies for his pastimes, purport. Krishna has many potencies, and he is non-different from all these potencies. Because the potencies and the potent cannot be separated, they are identical. Krishna is described as a source of all potencies, And he is also identified with the external potency, the material energy. Krishna also has internal potencies or spiritual potencies which are always engaged in his personal service. And his internal potency is different from his external potency. Krishna, Krishna's internal potency and Krishna himself who is potent, are always identical. Shom-shavibhinam-shavrupe-hana-vishtar Ananta-vaikunta-ruvanli-karena-vichar-vihar Krishna expands himself in many forms. Some of them are personal expansions and some are separate expansions. Thus, he performed pastimes in both the spiritual and material worlds. The spiritual worlds are the Vakanta planets and the material universes are the Brahmandas, the gigantic globes governed by the Lord, by Lord Brahma. So, Vibhinamsha, personal is himself and Vibhinamsha is the living entities separated at expansions. Shamsha, Vistar, Chaturvura, Avatargan, Vibhinamsha jiva tanra shakti te ganan. 
The expansions of his personal self, like the quadruple manifestations of Sankarshan, Praduma, Aniruddha, and Vasudev, descend as incarnations from Vaikuntha to this material world. The separate expansions are the living entities. Although they are expansions of Krishna, they are counted among his different potencies. Purport. The personal expansions known as Vishnu Tattva and the separate expansions are known as Jiva Tattva. Although the Jiva, the living entities, are part and parcel of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, they're still counted among his multi-potencies. This is fully described in Bhagavad Gita 7.5. Apriyastam idam anyam prakadim vidhime puram jivabhutamahabaho yayadam dharyate jagat. Besides this inferior energy, O mighty arm Arjuna, there is another superior energy of mine, which comprises of living entities who are exploiting the resources of this material inferior energy. Right before that, he was describing the eight material elements. And he describes the superior, uh, the apara prakriti, the living entity. Although the living entities are Krishna's parts and parcels, they are prakriti, not purusha. Sometimes prakriti attempts, sometimes prakriti, which is a living entity, attempts to imitate the activities of the purusha. Due to a poor form of knowledge, the living entities condition this material world claim to be God. They are thus illusioned. A living entity cannot be on the level of Vishnu Tattva, or the Supreme Personality of Godhead, at any stage. Therefore, it is ludicrous that a, for a living entity to claim to be God. Advanced spiritualists would never accept such a thing. Such claims are made to cheat ordinary foolish people. Krishna consciousness movement, the Krishna consciousness movement declares war against such bogus incarnations. The bogus propaganda put out there by people claiming to be God has killed God consciousness all over the world. Members of the Krishna consciousness movement must be very alert to defy these rascals who are presently misleading the whole world. One such rascal, known as Pandraka, appeared before Lord Krishna, and the Lord immediately killed him. Of course, those who are Krishna servants cannot kill such imitations, gods, but they should try their best to defeat them through the evidence of sastra, authentic knowledge received through disciplic succession. So the internet has also expanded the uh, false avatar, false guru coming out of India. Like where there is one personality who is saying that he will make all his disciples, he will live to 300 years old and he will make, give all his disciples all kinds of powers. <laughs> there's another one who produces lots of videos online, like there's a video, oh, why is Krishna blue? And he gives some really uh, unintelligent answer. He says, oh, because he is his aura is actually blue. He's not blue. His aura is blue because 
he is an enlightened person, but he is involved in this world, and he, so, which is total. Uh, uh, we, we we don't want to say bull crap because that's holy. We say horse horse manure, <laughs> horse crap, because <laughs> the bull at least the bull has the, it's 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 sacred, it's holy, <laughs> the cow dung. He hasn't even read Bhagavad Gita because Krishna really defines in the Bhagavad Gita. Arjuna says, uh, "You say you spoke this to the sun god, but you know you're my cousin, and we're just like a hundred years old here." And uh, Krishna says, "No, no, many births you and I have had, I can remember them all. You cannot, because my body is unborn. He doesn't have a body like any." person in this world. Basic Bhagavad Gita, this person doesn't understand. Really basic. So they're cheating uh, so many and oftentimes we find these cheaters are involved in sex scandals where they they abuse their disciples or followers. So a avatar is known by, here's four indications. S-A-F-E. Safe. So, S stands for scripturally predicted. A stands for astrological features. They have extraordinary features in their astrology. F stands for features. Their, fe- their bodily features have certain characteristics. For example, it, when they stand, their hands reach to their knees. Mahapurusha forms, body forms are not the same ordinary conditioned soul and E stands for extraordinary activities lifting a mountain with your pinky showing the universe within your mouth so those things are should be there for one to be understood to be an avatar, for example Lord Chaitanya there are hundreds of verses predicting Lord Chaitanya, how, what's his name his mother's name, his father's name, where he lived what he did Hundreds of verses. Mahabharata, Bhagavatam, Upanishads, hundreds of verses. They are written in such a way as to only become clear after the effect. If they are written in a non-secret, in a very obtuse way, then all kinds of people would be appearing and saying, oh, I'm Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, I'm Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So it was written in such a way that only after his appearance and comparing it to the verse that it became a clear, oh, wait, that's Lord Chaitanya. He is Vishrambar. He is the son of Sachi. He is the uh, uh, the uh, one who resides in uh, Navadweep. All those things became clear after his appearance, even though there were just to make sure that people weren't advertising themselves as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The living entities, jivas, are divided in two categories. Some of them are eternally liberated and others are eternally conditioned. Nitya Mukta Nitya Krishna Charan Munmukha Krishna Parishara Nama Bunja Sevasukha those who are eternally liberated always are always awake to Krishna consciousness 
and they rendered transcendental loving service to the lotus feet of Lord Krishna. They're considered internal associates of the Lord, and they're eternally enjoying transcendental bliss of serving Krishna. Nitya bada Krishna haita nitya bahimuk nitya sansara bhunja narakadidhuk Apart from the ever-liberated devotees, there are the conditioned souls who always turn away. Bahir Muk, their faces turned away. Turned outside. Turned away from the service of the Lord. They are perpetually conditioned in this material world and are subjected to the material tribulations brought about by different bodily forms in hellish conditions. Sayedoshamaya Pishachati Dandekare Tare. Due to his being opposed to Krishna consciousness, the conditioned soul is punished by the witch of the external energy, Maya. Thus he is ready to suffer the threefold miseries, miseries brought about the mind, body, and inimical behavior of other living entities and natural disturbances caused by the demigods. Kama Krodera Dashahana Tara lati ka, lati kai brahmate brahmata yadi sadu bada pai tana upadesha mantre pishachi palai krishna bhakti pai taba krishna nikatayai. In this way, the conditioned soul becomes a servant of lusty desires, and when these are not fulfilled, he becomes a servant of anger and continues to be kicked by external energy. Maya. So what is Maya doing? She's saying, hey, hey, come. Sudarshan, come. 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 Come a little closer. And then she gives you another big slap. She's like, come, come, come. And And then she says, come back, come. So she keeps on coming, asking you to come, and then she gives you a slap. As an explanation of verse 8 through 15, given by Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, in his Amrita Prabhaha Bhashya, the Lord spread, is spread throughout the creation in his quadruple expansions and incarnations. Krishna is fully represented with all potencies in each and every personal expansion, extension. So what does it say? Krishna is fully represented. But he doesn't, that means he doesn't reveal all of it though. Although separate expansions are also considered one of Krishna's, Lord Krishna's energies, the living entities are divided into two categories, eternally liberated and eternally conditioned. Those who are ever liberated never come in contact with maya through the external energy. The ever-conditioned souls are always under the clutches of external energy. This is described in the Bhagavad Gita. This divine energy of mind, consisting of three modes of material nature, is difficult to overcome. The nitya bhadas are always conditioned by the external energy, and the nitya mukas never come in contact with the external energy. Sometimes an ever-liberated person, a personal associate of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, descends into this universe just as the Lord descends. 
Although working for liberation of the conditioned souls, the messenger of the Supreme Lord remains untouched by material energy. Generally, ever-liberated personalities live in the spiritual world as associates of Lord Krishna, and they are known as Krishna Parishad, associates of the Lord. Their only business is enjoying Lord Krishna's company. Even though such eternally liberated persons come within the material world to serve the Lord's purpose and to enjoy Lord Krishna's company with they enjoy Lord Krishna's company without stoppage. The ever-liberated person who works on Krishna's behalf enjoys Lord Krishna's company through his engagement. The ever-conditioned soul, provoked by lusty desires to enjoy the material world, is forced to transmigrate from one body to another. Sometimes he is elevated to a higher planetary system and sometimes he is degraded to hellish planets and is subjected to the tribulations of the external energy. Due to being conditioned by the external energy, the conditioned soul within this material world gets two kinds of bodies, a gross material body and a subtle material body composed of mind, intelligence, and ego. Due to the gross and subtle bodies, he's subjected to the threefold miseries, adhyatmika, adibhotika, and adidevaka. Miseries by the body and mind, miseries other living entities, and natural disturbance causes by the demigods from the higher planetary systems. The conditioned soul subjected to these threefold material miseries is ceaselessly kicked by Maya. This is his disease. But if by chance he meets a saintly person who works on Krishna's behalf to deliver the conditioned souls, and if he agrees to abide by his order, he can gradually approach the supreme personality of Godhead, Krishna. The word lati is here for... Uh, Latikai for kicked. I know there is a festival in uh, Barshana. They have Lati Holi. And all the ladies have sticks and all the men have shields and the ladies got their sticks. They're chasing the men. You gotta see it. Go go on uh go on uh internet and see all the pictures. They all got these big, big sticks. And my my friend's son, he lives at Govardhan. He was born um, he was born on Govardhan Puja. He lives at Radhakun. He says he's like seven years old. Last time I saw him, his favorite thing all year long, he's waiting for that holy to happen. Some crazy festival. <laughs> it sounds dangerous. Yeah, it might be dangerous. Okay, we'll read the last verse here. Kamadinam katina katida palita dhurne shadeshas te sham jatimaya nakurana natapa no pashanti utshit jetyan atya yadupate samprata labda buddhish dvam adya sharanam abhayam mam niyuksha atmadakshe. Oh my lord, there is no limited to the unwanted orders of lusty desires. Although I have rendered these desires so much service, they have not shown any mercy upon me. So you serve the body. What is, if you serve your body very nicely, what does it give you? An eviction notice. You can do all the push-ups, you can do all, eat all the 
smoothies and organic this and that. And then the antibody says, get out. <laughs> and nobody dies healthy. It doesn't matter all the healthy stuff they do. The body just says, get out. And the desires, they never, they never say, oh, oh, you gave me one cigarette, now I'm satisfied. It's like, no, I want another one, I want another one, I want this, I want that. It doesn't, it, it says if you had an, an, a pen that was indestructible, and you had the ocean as your ink, and the sky as your canvas, if you were to write out your desires, the, the, the ocean would dry up, the sky would run out and the pan would break. And you'd still be right now, oh, I want this, I want that. So they have not shown any mercy upon me. I've not been ashamed to serve them, nor have been even desired to give them up. Oh, my Lord, O oh, head of the Yadu dynasty, recently, however, my intelligence has been awakened and I'm now giving them up. Due to transcendental intelligence, I now refuse to obey the unwanted orders of these desires. Because whose desires are there? They're not ours. We think the thoughts in our mind are our, our thoughts. But we are not our mind. So the mind says, oh, you want this? You're like, yeah, yeah, that's mine. I want that. You know? Four Noble Truths of Buddhism. Cause of suffering is desire. The, uh, the desires, desires are cause of suffering. And by giving up desire, one stops suffering. And so we say, no, no, the, the, we, we don't give up the desire, but we come to a stage where we purify our consciousness that the real expression of the soul shines through that it comes to our transcendental desires. But as long as we're in the material body, desires will flow through our consciousness. Krishna says, a person who is uh, spiritually situated is like an ocean. Because of their depth, so many rivers are flowing within to the ocean, but the ocean does not increase or decrease wherever it's at. The rivers do not have any effect on this because of the great depth of the ocean. So many, so many desires are flowing within the consciousness of a spiritually elevated person. Material desires. But they're not grasping onto them. They're not identifying with those desires. As Yamunacharya has said, uh, whenever the thought of sex life enters my consciousness, Prabhupada says, I spite on it, upon it. Spit. I spit upon it. Meaning that even the, at the level there, he's describing that this consciousness is flowing through, but he doesn't identify with it. He doesn't hold on to it, that that is mine. It's like we're holding on to the tree. And we start screaming, help, help. And you're like, uh, yeah, can I help you? You said, the tree has got me. Help. He said, yeah, no, yeah, that guy doesn't have you. He just let go of it. Or there was one, uh, Bhakti Siddhanta describes, there was one foolish guy, he, he was so, he was starving. And so someone put some like popcorn in his hand. But he's, he was like resting on a pillar. And he was like, 
he, he was just, like he couldn't think anymore because he was just so hungry. And so he was like, can you put the popcorn in my mouth? And he's like, no, no, just let go of the pillar. You know? But he's like, no, it's got me. And he's like, I, can't, I can't, every time I go, it moves. <laughs> so the pillar doesn't have him. We're holding on to it. So we're, the body doesn't have us. We're holding on to the body. Our, our material consciousness doesn't have it. Have us. We're holding on to it. So I've, now I've given him up. I refuse to obey the unwanted orders of these desires. And I have come now to surrender to you, Lotus Feet. Kindly engage me in your, lo- your personal service and save me. Purport. This is a verse quoted in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. When we chant Hare Krishna mantra, we are saying, Oh, Hare, oh, energy of the Lord, oh, Lord Krishna. In this way, we are simply addressing the Lord and his spiritual potency, represented as Radha Krishna, Sita Rama, or Lakshmi Narayan. A devotee always prays to the Lord and his internal potence, energy, consort, so that he may engage in their transcendental loving service. When the conditioned soul attains his real spiritual energy and fully surrenders unto the Lord's lotus feet, he tries to engage in the Lord's service. This is the real constitutional position of the living entity. Okay, so we'll just read, there's no purport, we'll just read the last verse here so we can change the page. Krishna Bhakti Hai Abhideya Pradhan Krishna Mukha Nirikshaka Karma Yoga Gyan. Devotional service of Lord Krishna is a chief function of living entity. There are different methods for liberation of the conditioned soul, karma jnana, yoga, and bhakti. But these are all dependent on bhakti. Let's stop here. Hare Krishna. Any uh, comments, questions, reflections? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, the pen broke. <laughs> Indestructible. Yeah. Never, it never ends. And it's, uh, it's like, uh, desires like, you know, throwing gasoline on the fire. Just blazes up. Like we, you find that there are, usually in this, you find in the spiritual tradition, we, we, we do some austerities. Because when we're, when we're overindulgent, then our desire, our senses become very strong, and they become more relentless and demanding. You say, "No, no, you're going to do this for me. I'm going to. I want this. You give it. You're going to do it." And then we find we fast a little bit. You know, we do. Then, kind of tames it. And we're not we're not so much into austerity, but we take a little bit of austerities. Just to make sure that we're not the senses are not too over over potent. How does someone tame a, a lion? They starve it. If you starve a lion, it becomes a little bit uh, becomes a little bit submissive. So all the senses, except for the tongue, the tongue actually, if you starve the, if you don't give the tongue what it wants, it wants it even more. That's why it's considered the hardest to control. You got to give it some prasadam. That's the real inch. I give it some holy name. But you find, like we have a kadashi, we have certain fasting days. We find if we do those things, then the other senses kind of chill out, kind of calm down. But if we're always overindulgent, then that's the senses. No, I need that. 
For example, if we, we are accustomed to sleeping seven or eight hours and then we start sleeping 10, 11 hours, maybe, maybe, maybe we need to catch up or something. But all of a sudden, then your body says, no, no, no. I demand this. 11 hours. I'm going to be sleepy if you don't give me 11 hours. <laughs> like, you don't need it, you know. But then the body starts demanding it. So sometimes it goes, hey, psh, psh, you know, that's not what you really need. That's too much, you know. It actually becomes unhealthy at a certain point. So it starts to demand more than it actually needs. So there's sometimes a little austerity to go against that. All right. Thank you, Prabhu. All right. Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai.